Welcome, sir. Fitness or fiction podcast time, yeah? Indeed. Indubitably, actually. We did that last time, yeah. I like indubitably. That's good. Indubitably. Okay, so let's start the podcast. Bonk. That was a loud bonk. That's good. Okay, so last week, what what did we cover last week? Why don't you tell me? We definitely went over your big boy biceps. <laughs> they were full coverage. The whole coverage right there. You, you've never zoomed into the big boy biceps. This camera doesn't zoom in that well. That's good. That's good because all you would do is bug me about my buys and tries all day. Last week we talked about how to choose a coach, which I thought was very interesting because even though I've been a coach for 10 years, I actually haven't put that much thought into actually choosing one. Like I chose you, but you know, that's because you have big boy biceps. <laughs> well, so that was one of the challenges we talked about for sure. <laughs> Don't choose your coach based off their biceps like I did. I liked I liked the part of it where we we're talking about like having different silos and having a certain amount of each one to kind of lock into something that uh, that is like a, a threshold. So like just because somebody's performed at a certain level doesn't mean that they're killing it um, as a coach. And just because they have had an athlete at that level doesn't mean they're the perfect coach for you. But usually when you find they've done that for other people they've done really good themselves and you get this kind of respect built that you can really build a relationship off of yeah you kind of need a little bit of every category to kind of have that nice mesh but uh it boiled down to like a personality mesh was one of the key ingredients yeah because if your coach is super intelligent and has done what you want to do but you guys don't jive it's probably not going to work yeah well that's not super clean for tiktok but um it's a it's a larger issue than just a right and wrong answer i think that's are you warning the audience that you're going to do tiktok dances soon yeah (laughs) no i i probably i probably will i probably will we'll see see if we can make you we're going to talk about last week wins yeah you go first you got a big win i got married and didn't die (laughs) is death usually a part of marriage i don't know but when i went to the registry I asked for a marriage certificate and a death certificate at the same time because I wasn't sure if it was going to be the death of me. <laughs> and the lady said that's the first time she heard that, and I was surprised. You actually did that? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was just setting up a nice No, that was, that was actual legit. She, like, she started laughing. She's like, nobody's done that before. And I was like... Did your dad or Teddy like facilitate that joke? No, that was just me. Oh, man. Your old man game's strong. Working on it. Yeah. Well, I figured you get married, you do the kids, and you work on the old man game, so I'm just trying to get it in early. Yeah, dad jokes and old man game. Mm-hmm. Those are hand in hand. Yeah. But dad jokes, can't they aren't necessarily old man game. Old man game is like wearing dad shoes, stuff like that. I do want some dad sandals. We call them mandals. Yeah. Man sandals. Birkenstocks? Yeah, I know you have them. <laughs> I wore them today. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a big win do you have any other stuff you want to talk about how are your clients and everything doing everyone's doing well having uh having a good time working with less people right now in person is the mic's not playing nice working with less people in person than i was at the big box gym but i feel like i can give better attention to detail and be a little bit more recharged for people um so i enjoy working with a smaller more intimate audience at least in person anyways online coaching is a different thing i uh, got two new online clients that I'm working with. Awesome. Trying to, we did online coaching for a while previous before we went independent and I'm working on systemizing it better. So I'm like better at my follow-ups and things like that. Cause I always felt like my programming game was relatively strong and my technical analysis was relatively strong where I lacked was actually like follow-up and communication and stuff like that. Cause like I told you, you called me last night and I have a disconnect with my phone where it's like 7 PM hits. It's scheduled to go on do not disturb mode. And sometimes I'll just go and put it on the charger and like try to ignore it for a night, which I think is a good boundary, which you kind of mentioned, but at the same time in our industry, it's nice to be accessible to people. So it's a game I'm trying to work with. Yeah. You got a bullet journal just put the time in where you're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I usually work between eight and 10 in the evening because I like to not in the middle of the day sometimes yeah uh, my last win is i have some new toys coming in <gasps> you i know you like toys i do uh i have some handstand canes coming in you know what the canes are i know what the canes are um if you don't know what handstand canes are they're essentially just like steel rods with like wooden blocks on bricks the top, the top yeah. but those bricks like a lot of your balance what people don't understand from handstands is all the uh stability and balance comes from like your wrist and your finger pressure 
and when you can wrap your hand around those like those square blocks it gives you so much more power and like leverage to, in order to tweak and manipulate your balance so i don't know if they make handstands easier because i've never used them before but i'm going to assume they make a pretty relative difference in like obtaining balance and we used them in la one time did we we did yeah we were they were at a booth and we tried them and i was able to hold a handstand for all of five seconds yeah which is more than usual i wasn't good at them back then so i think they might make a difference and then i have a a bench these were birthday presents early birthday presents from the wife early birthday that's the second time i used the card wife oh hey um essentially it's just a flat bench though and it has a rod that comes up with kind of two pads and those pads would allow you to do the i get confused between the nordic curl and natural leg extension what's the natural leg extension they call it something else a spanish squat oh spanish squat would be like blocked in like 90 degrees so anyways you know like nordic curls like dropping down so it allows you to set up for that and then it has another rod that allows you to set up really easy for bulgarian split squats and things like that and it has like a band attachment it's just toys which your wins (laughs) it's just toys which your wins (laughs) toys are exciting i can get excited about toys i'm dabbling with the idea of buying a free motion right now i think i'm actually going to pull the trigger are you yeah so i'll finally have cables for my garage that's pretty exciting that's game changing it can be, yeah. It's, it's an investment, but it's a good one, I think. So, biggest win this week. Today is my 14th wedding anniversary with my wife. Yeah. yeah I, right. Oh, stop, everyone. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's really like a, a measure of her putting up with me for that long. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, but, yeah, it, I'm really happy about the idea that it's been that long. And yet, it's very upsetting to me because it... old people say this sort of stuff it feels like yesterday we got married but like serious man like the seemed like you got a lot of time and then like boom 14 years already and i'm like what yeah and the little spawns where did they come from yeah we'll turn six next wednesday six oh my god i know doesn't feel that long although i felt like i'm not even related to the dude and i feel like years were stolen from me (laughs) from covid yeah i know like two years like we were swimming when he was like three years old and four years old and you know he wasn't stringing like he was still growing like and talking and communicating differently and now like two years like yeah i've started calling it the blip (laughs) that's what it's like yeah uh, i i like the avengers obviously but i I started calling it the blip because uh, it just it that time just disappeared and it seemed like it was so long sometimes but it it's very similar to to how my marriage has been, I'm I'm a very blessed person to have run into Sarah and um, all the all the things that have happened ever since we we met and got married and everything. The whole thing's been such a blessing. So it's really the the anniversary time is really just celebrating uh, for us, like all the things we've been through and seen each other through and whatever. It's it's a super exciting time. Mm-hmm. Going out for dinner tonight. We are. Yeah. And this is an old guy thing to say, but when you have a three and almost six year old you get woken up at night a lot and sarah's a light sleeper so usually she does she yeah but my parents are looking after the boys tonight so we get to like sleep unbroken which is Mm. (laughs) it's like this big thing for us yeah so that's yeah we're looking forward to it are you guys gonna rock paper scissors who pays dinner tonight i feel like that should maybe an arm wrestle sarah doesn't have to do anything when it comes to paying for dinner Diane does. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Although Diane honestly beats me in rock, paper, scissors 90% of the time. It's a little bit of BS. I told her we need to alternate rock, paper, scissors and push up competitions. That way I have a fighting chance and then evens out 50, 50. And then it's kind of like a, a fighting toy cost. chance. You're going to beat her every time, aren't you? Yeah, but she's going to beat me every time in rock, paper, scissors. So that's the fighting oh, chance. You oh, see what I mean? Okay. It's like flipping a coin. We cool. play rock, paper, scissors. She wins. We do push ups, and I'll just mutilate her just just decimate her okay here's quadruple clapping get one of those like when they had the snowball fight in dumb and dumber (laughs) (laughs) or in the office yeah dwight he's just savage yeah murderer jim almost cried yeah that was a good one um so yeah that that's wins this segment brought to you by our own nike just do it <laughs> All right. Uh, so I think it's fair to get into what we're talking today. 
Yes. Okay. So there's the, what we're talking today is garbage. No, 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 we're not talking garbage today. Um, yeah. We're, we're going to talk about red flags. Yeah. I think this is a caveat to future topics um, for fitness and fiction. I hate saying, um, so don't say, um, I won't try it again. We're going to get into topics for future episodes of fitness or fiction. Um, these could range anywhere from like these, <laughs> these, these topics or contents. We kind of broke down into several things. We're going to talk a little bit like a little blip on each one talking about like programs, equipment, trainers, nutrition, supplements, things like that. And we're just going to crap all over them for one to two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's, it's actually a really important thing. So we've talked about building a more discerning fitness consumer. We actually need to talk about the issues that they run into and the things they're gonna be confronted with, yeah? Yes, and when I say we're gonna crap all over it, I don't really mean that. What I mean is we're going to dissect these topics a little bit better because a lot of them have some gray area to them. Some of them are black and white, for sure. But a lot of them have gray area and that's where we're trying to discern the pros, cons, benefits, and things to look out for. Fair deal. Cool. So what one do you want to start with? Do you want to start on like the nutrition side or the exercise side or <clears throat> marketing side? There's lots of stuff that you can talk about. I wish about. we had a coin flip because what do you want? Do you want to start on the ones that are black and white or do you want to start on the ones that are gray? Black and white could be fun. Well, let's start black and white. Let's keep it simple. Okay. Equipment. Okay. Equipment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the big thing for me with equipment, when we're looking at red flags, if it has promised you all of that in a bag of potato chips, it is not telling you the truth. This is the only piece of equipment you'll ever need. Yeah. Well, put this electrodes on your abs and just electrocute yourself for 10 minutes and get abs in three, three times a week for a month. Yeah, this, <laughs> when we start talking about equipment, the first red flag that I would actually put up in this category is going to be targeted fat loss. Mm, yes. Anything where they're saying burn fat around your midsection, burn fat from this area, the results are in. That's bull. I think targeted fat loss actually branches off into a lot of categories because equipment can promise you, oh, you're going to lose weight in your... Your love handles, a trainer can promise you, you're going to lose weight in your love handles. A social media post from a trainer or fitness influencer <laughs> can say you're going to like lose weight in your love handles. The same with supplements, like they can target, they have detoxes and skin wraps and things like this and sweatbands, all of this stuff where you wear this sweatband and it's going to reduce fat from this specific section or like, how do I lose this, this right here? <laughs> <laughs> this is all muscle. No, it's Why not. Why would you want to lose that? It's not muscle. See how it jiggles? Oh, wow. You had to tighten it up at the end for your own I sake. had to flex a little bit because you do it like the whole episode, so I don't have that capacity. Oh, I'm not flexing. Do you want to see it flex? Okay, do it. No, I'm not doing let's it. See your, let's see your know. chicken wings. Oh, my, I don't know. That is... <laughs> see? It's flexing because it doesn't actually wiggle like that. I don't know. How do you wiggle it so good? Oh, there I'm, we go. They've got a little flap. Because I'm loose. Oh. <laughs> so, okay. So, targeted fat loss. Targeted fat loss covers a lot of things. This is one of the biggest annoyances I have. The results are in. This is not something that happens. Unless you go in and suck it out, then it happens. I made a, a post not too long ago and somebody said, oh, you know, the main result I want is to take fat from one place and put it into another. I don't want to surmise what she was talking about, but... Um, as far as areas, because that's, you know, whatever, that's her thing, not my thing. But when we start talking about targeted fat loss, it's like, well, I just want to lose weight, like in my midsection, but leave my bum alone and things like this. It's like, well, that's not really a thing. That's, it's not a thing. You can look at the research on it. Essentially, body fat is going to accumulate in a particular zone first based on your own genetics, and it is going to proliferate from that point. And when you lose that fat, it tends to be that it comes off the last place it went on. It's like literally digging a hole. I don't know if this is accurate information or not, but I'm going to throw myself under the bus. To a degree, I would say a little bit of not specific targeted weight loss, but a little bit of like weight storage can be a hormonal response to the body being like excess estrogen and things like that or 
just like excess carbohydrates and it's going to store in bad places. Would you say that it's possible like by incorporating like strength training and like different foods and balancing out the hormones a little bit that it will target the areas say like around like the breast and like around the thighs and stuff that it would actually illuminate there not saying an exercise or anything will do it but those overall changes can target specific so when you look at that that's something that you'd actually have to make a whole episode out of because there's a lot of research behind it but gray area yeah you will find that uh, somebody's really high on cortisol if they're if they're running hot on cortisol or or their catecholamines like um, flight or fight response. Um, if they if they have a lot of that sort of stress level, mm-hmm. um, it'll start making it so your body doesn't even respond to cortisol. So it'll start dropping out like norepinephrine and stuff like that to try to get you to respond to the stress. Mm-hmm. You'll find that that'll accumulate fat in a particular area more for sure. But again, having that come off isn't about doing a particular machine or exercise. It's like, hey, show me something that's good for the love handles. It's like, what? listen, this is not rocket science. You know what's good for the love handles? Generally getting in better shape and eating better. Like yeah. that, Those two things are extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. So instead of looking for the shortcut, just realize like the real story is if you want long lasting results, you need to get on a good exercise program, figure out how to loop nutrition into that. Yeah. So so for me, targeted fat loss, obviously, if you guys are listening, this could be a whole episode. Like I said, most of these topics can. They will be, for sure. Get in on equipment. I just need to rant on some equipment real quick. A Let's little, little ranty rant. Shake weight? Shake weight. <laughs> I still have a thigh master in the gym. Really? Yeah. You can't use it. It's mine. It's a little intimate. I don't want to use it. Exactly. But like things like 10 minutes of this or that, like 10 minutes of this a day will get you in like crazy shape. And when you're looking at this, this ropes into marketing, you got some guy who's in crazy shape, like the kind of shape that you go to the swimming pool and nobody's going to look like this guy. He's like supermodel status. And he's using this one piece of equipment saying that it's going to change your life. Anything that's changed your life in 10 minutes. There's t-shirts and clothing that will accentuate and like add padding for males and females for men it's adding muscle for women maybe more in like glute area and stuff like that there's a squatty thing have you ever seen that squat assistance it's literally a stool that just has a piston inside that like springs you up and down for squat assistance i've seen seen them on sale on the facebook marketplace i almost bought one (laughs) just for fun (laughs) but we do it for a burnout exercise we don't waste money like that um there's um when we talk about like targeted weight loss there's a bobble that you can put in your mouth that has yeah a little chin thing that has like two wings on the side and you move your head up and down and those things like supposedly create (laughs) some form of resistance that's going to tighten up your jawline and your cheeks and things like that all of this equipment like wrapped into one there's there's one that i see that's a, a band setup where it's essentially just a bar like a straight bar and it has two hooks on the end and they have a bunch of super jack guys that you rarely see doing like banded like shoulder press and banded rows and stuff. Honestly, from a coach, his eye, it all looks a little uncomfortable and a little bit kind of displaced. Like the movement doesn't seem like it's high quality, but they're like marketing like who needs a gym when you have these bands? It builds muscle three times faster than your average free weight. <sighs> yeah, that goes a long way. There's, but even when you when you look at the stuff done well let's go on that side because you know there's there are red flags but what are some things to look for um a good equipment yeah like i got some grips they're they're italian and they're these nice little grip and you can attach it to lots of stuff really easy they show how you can use it with cables and it um talking 90 degree yeah yeah angles grips yeah the angles grips and I like those. They're awesome. You can use them for landmine rows and for a lot of things. But the difference here is that they're not saying it's going to get you everything. It's it's saying as part of an exercise program, these can really give you some good options. Yeah. And that that is what I would say is kind of the resolution of this. You know, why is it a red flag when you see this equipment that's like promising everything? It's because they're trying to sell to you. I know I've gotten those 90 degree angles advertisements myself multiple times because I looked at them before I even seen that you had them, you know, they're just the algorithms. 
Never once did it ever say, though, that it's going to get you super jacked or promise you anything other than unlocking more options. Like, you can do chin-ups with it, and ergonomically, it might feel more comfortable in your hand than your traditional bar or doing rows Absolutely. or anything like this. They just promise, like, it's a nice piece of equipment that will broaden your horizons. Yeah, and like even use it, I put them on the chin-up bar and use them for neutral grip chins. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an it's a nice variation to have, especially for something like a rack pull up where I'm targeting the lat more by tipping back. It works out really good. But the red flag that we see is like, okay, well, targeted fat loss tends to be the big red flag with equipment. The other thing is this is all you need. Mm-hmm. Because that is it's targeting something emotional and primal in people, saying, Well, this is it. This is the arrival. This is all you need. And it's like, well, no, no, it's no, it's not. How could it be? Like, if I want to be good at walking and running, I need that still. What are you talking about? Yeah. So when we start talking about red flags with equipment, like that's that's where we get to. But let's go into programs. It segues really nice. Red flags with programs. How about the TikTok you shared with me last week where there was that person helping the, oh the girl go side to side like this because that was going to burn her love handles. And she was like squeezing it and stuff. Yeah, a lot of this is just, again, nice video, but marketing-wise, there was a girl that like had excessive love handles and they accentuated it by making her wear skin-tight pants and a sports bra and her stomach was bulging out of her sides. And then the trainer proceeded to grab her stomach Again, this causes like mental health issues for me too. Like for people, like think of the trauma that this causes. She grabbed her like love handles and all this excess fat and like shook it around and was like, ew, gross. And then she's like, you want to get rid of that? And then she proceeded to just kind of do a side to side twist and said like five minutes a day, we'll get rid of that. And that was, that was the pitch. Yeah. I think all of these red flags are going to end up coming back to marketing. Let's not visit that yet. But the marketing thing, they are going to play on all sorts of emotions. We're going to talk about that. But when we start talking about programs in specific, I'm going to bring up one that's really, really chaps my booty. Nice. So, <laughs> need some lip chap. Uh, anyways, one of the ones that really bothers me is when people are going through these programs and you're going to see even the demo videos, the marketing videos, when you look at it, there's no semblance of like targeted execution or tempo. And this is my big issue. When you're doing a program, if you're not brand new, like some of my brand new people, I don't give them tempos right away because I don't want to blow their brains out with details. Yep. But if you're anything more than a beginner and you're not using tempos when you're working into your body composition training and things like this, and you're, you're generalized lifting, we can't really say what stimulus you're going to achieve from that if we don't know what the tempo is. Like lifting... 200 pounds on the bench press for me is very different than lifting 200 pounds with a 3111 tempo. Yeah, very much so. So that for me, when we look at programs, that's one thing. Where do you want to go with programs after that? Tempo, if, if your program doesn't have tempo, get your act together. It's going to be valuable. Yeah, one for me is I get torn on like between like intention and customization of the program being a lot of people like to buy into essentially just like cookie cutter programs like one size fits all and just spit it out to people and they run with it because it's a cheaper more affordable option but then like i've run into so many people even when we and you are like out swimming when like they look at you and they're sitting in the hot tub and they're like mm, i used to be in shape too but i got this knee injury and it's like well like a lot of those times like chances are we could have avoided those problems or we could have I would dare say fix a lot of these problems, like a lot of injuries and tweaks and things like that. Not saying we're going to fix all of them again, gray area, but these cookie cutter programs are, you know, like a $25, $25 program. That's 12 weeks. It's going to get you in shape. Like if you actually do it with the right, like if effort levels and intention, but I don't know, I'm a little torn on it. Yeah. I think this, when we start talking about cookie cutter type programs, it is really important to understand that the value of the program is going to be directly related to the cost of it. Mm-hmm. For instance, I'm not going to give out a whole lot of my time and get the, the complete value that somebody could get out of a program with me in eight weeks because I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't. If I gave them an eight-week program and I'm not involved in the coaching process and explaining to them the whys behind it, inviting them to engage with it, 
keeping them accountable and optimizing how they're using it, I can't say what they're going to get out of that because it's just a program out there in the ether. Yeah. So when it comes to programming, if it is just a cookie cutter program, then you can kind of anticipate that your results, if you get good results, they're going to be hinged around. Do you have an understanding of what the intention of that program is, how to get the most out of it? And are you actually going to do it? Yeah. The other red flag for me with programs is your general fitness influencer. Let's use a girl, for instance, who's talking about buy my glute program. And there's no real resistance training in the program aside from like, like body weight glute bridges and like, like stairmaster glute kickbacks where they do a stair and kick their leg back. And it's just none of these like movements I feel truly optimize or bias the glute, but because they think like, you know, if they do a, a quadruped, like side leg clamshell type activity, yeah fire hydrant yeah. yeah just a lot of this a lot of this thrown together stuff that it just doesn't make a lot of sense for especially when the girl who's promoting it has just like this giant butt that is ideal in the social media world and she's saying that's how she got it so research is very specific on the idea of how you build muscle and one of the most important things is muscular tension so if it's all high rep this and that the best you'll do is get hypertrophy results due to holding more glycogen, more fuel. There's two types, well, three types of hypertrophy. We don't need to get into that a lot today, but if you want to change your tissue of a particular area like the glute, if you want to make it bigger or make that muscle tissue hypertrophy, you're going to need a mixture, a combination of endurance work and strength work. My big thing, you can loop this in programming and equipment, the glute band. Like even these side raises, oh, that works the glute. That works the glute meat. We're talking like high on the butt. Like if you develop that, it would be like this kind of in and out sort of butt when looking from the back. That's not what girls want. Mm -hmm. But, and they can feel the pressure up there. They don't feel it down in their glute max down by their hamstrings. Yeah. But the function of the glute max is hip extension. It can do external rotation at terminal extension, meaning right when your legs are getting straight, it can do some external rotation. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't do that function very much in other lifts. So you'll see people doing squats with bands around their knees and glute bridges with bands around their knees. The result that they're getting from that, if you understand functional anatomy, you are literally biasing the glute med. And the glute med does abduction, pulling the leg out to the side and helping the knees come out to the side in external rotation. Mm-hmm. It also has some internal rotation fibers, but let's not get too crazy about it. As as you put more pressure on that, you're creating the glute max to be a stability me- uh, mechanism. So by taking that little muscle to the side and putting more pressure on it, you've turned that other muscle off. You've given away a lot of what it could do. So the whole band around the knees and this is all booty stuff. You know the best thing to build a booty? Good muscular tension. A RDL done really well or a leg press with your feet narrow and at the top, mm-hmm. wide leg press, that's adductors. It's not glute. So this is programming for me, but it's also equipment. The booty band. You can actually get a better straight leg raise to get you glute activation than you could ever get from a monster walk with the glute, with the glute builder band. Mm-hmm. Again, people just feel the glutes so they like to do it it's like when they think i'm gonna get a six pack by doing a thousand crunches and oh man my abs burn so much must be working because i feel it yeah i had a good workout because i was sweating well and that brings it to another conversation on programming what is your defined stimulus what are you doing oh hypertrophy and that's not a stimulus that's a result what is the defined stimulus are you using mechanical damage, mechanical tension? Are you using a metabolic stimulus like AMPK? There's all of these ones that we could list, but if you can't say, well, here's the stimulus for growth. Hey, listen, this is gonna feel really pumpy because our stimulus is actually taking on more glycogen to the muscle. Cool, Mm -hmm. but most of these programs don't say that. It's just, well, I don't know, it's a muscle building program. Yeah, but why, what stimulus are you using? Why did you choose this type of exercise? If we don't have answers to those, that's a red flag for me. That's a red flag. Mm-hmm. So let's run away from program. Yeah, that gets crazy. Because it all it all gets a little crazy and ranty. We jump just across our little web diagram into nutrition. Detox teas. <laughs> 
You tell me about detox teas. I've talked too much. Let's hear you. I drink a lot of detox teas. That's why I'm so shredded. You can find it on my website. <laughs> How much are they? Like 50 bucks for months? <laughs> no. Ooh, mm, mm, I don't want to do like, I don't want to do this anymore. Too much red flags for me. Yeah. Detox teas, multivitamin packs, multivitamin stickers. Some of these have gray areas, but we're going to say it anyways, like keto, intermittent fasting, or carnivore diets. They all can be good, but they're not like the one answer. Like you said earlier, is keto like good? Yes, it has a lot of value. Is it sustainable for you to do for the rest of your life? And should you do it for the rest of your life? Do you need to? Well, let's get into keto. Keto's good. I, I went keto. I did keto five months. Hmm. I got really lean on keto for sure. That was the first thing I did after my diagnosis. I was like, okay, so did some research. It was talking about insulin and all sorts of stuff um, that carbs can be really um, neurotoxic. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going keto. I'm going to give this a go. It actually was really good for me. It, it made me feel really good. I didn't feel as jittery. There was some really good stuff happened with keto for me. Mm -hmm. But the challenge with doing keto long term is there's a lot of things that your body tries to do energetically that without carbohydrates becomes very challenging. Mm -hmm. Keto, I often paired with like fasting because when you're having high fat, high protein, you don't feel like you need to eat as much and your calorie intake per meal ends, ends up being it starts big. to go down. So I got really lean on it, but it was really hard to go out and eat with my wife. Yeah, it was it was a challenge that way. And for me, I don't see it as something that is necessarily super sustainable. If you're a diabetic, I think that it's something that you don't need to be full keto, but you should really monitor how many carbs you have. It's a red flag for me, though, without getting into crazy details on each one of these. Otherwise, it's going to take forever. It's, true. It's, it's a red flag just on that, like the... Oh, Curtis, you look really good. How'd you do it? Oh, keto. Oh, you think I should do keto? Yeah, work great. Do some keto. Like they just jump into it blindly with no research or real ideas. Like it worked for you, so it should work for me. It worked for him, so it should work for me. Like, oh, you do intermittent fasting? I'll do it too. And then you do it for a week and you don't actually build the habit. Then it, it just falls apart. So like intermittent fasting has a lot of value, but it only has value if you're actually going to sustain it for a little bit. You can't do it for three days and then miss five and then do three again. How about we talk about bias? Because when I was doing keto, I had people ask me, and they're like, you are super lean. What have you been doing? And I'm like, oh, this. But I was dealing with bias in a variety of areas. And this is something you need to watch for as far as red flags. So one sort of bias would be confirmation bias. Well, you know what? I'm doing this. So I would like, I have skin in the game to hear that it's good, right? Mm -hmm. So I would be biased towards it because I was doing it. Mm -hmm. I would have recency bias because I had just done it. And so I'm going to tell people about all the good things happening. If I had been two years deep, it would probably be in a different story. So recency bias, we have we have that. And there's a, a number of other biases we can talk about. But when we are talking to friends, this is a really good thing to talk about, the biases that they deal with. Just because they're doing something that's working for them right now doesn't mean it's the answer for you. And the biggest red flag of all for me is this is the answer. Hard stop period. That's all. Yeah, I think that that wraps around nicely in regards to things like keto or intermittent fasting and things like that. When it comes to detox teas and things like this, I'm just going to kind of say pure BS. <laughs> I don't like it. I try to be really nice about detoxes. So detoxes are like, so you choose how you eat all the time. And you're just going to detox to get everything back to some zone. There's a mythical zone. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you know what? Giving your body a day off is not a bad idea. I would actually say that for the average person, taking a day to fast and really understand what food makes them feel like and whatever else is probably a good idea. Mm -hmm. One of my clients started out with a day fast and then continued down the pathway to more of a low carb diet and stuff and lost 70 pounds. Yeah. It was a style that worked for him. And now he's starting to add carbs back in. But with detoxes, it's kind of like, you know what? Brushing my teeth is good, but I don't really want to be that consistent. So I'm just going to go ahead and brush my teeth all on Monday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't want to eat good all the time. Yeah. So I'm just going to do a detox once a year and call it good. Yeah. It's, it is not the same. Mm -hmm. Like consistency wins short-term intensity over every example I've ever seen. 
Yeah, I like the thought of that. And again, I'm not that educated on detox teas. And if somebody is and wants to enlighten me on why they're super beneficial, you can go for it. But I like that statement just in itself. Anything like short or bursty versus consistency is probably not going to have as good of a result. Well, and if it is something that's that's good, like there there are things that have elements of detox or, or antioxidants and whatever that are a good thing to do. But those would be something that would be like consistently a part of your diet that you consume. And P.S. Your body internally does more antioxidant activity than any food you'll consume. Yeah, any superfood, super berry. Yeah, we didn't talk about that in nutrition, but yeah, superfoods. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna do these super berries, and and the peasants will rejoice, and wine will fall from the heavens. Just boom, this one thing. Yeah, that that comes back to the same issue. This is the one solution. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. If it feels that simple, you're feeling emotional about it, red flag, slow down, think about it. Okay. We want to roll into another category? Sure. It does this on the piece of paper. That's why we're waving our hands. Trainers? Oh, you start the trainers. Let's talk about this. Mm. So I'll just write the three notes that I wrote down. My brain was thinking about red flags and what I think causes a red flag for me about trainers. Um Part of it was staying with inside their scope, their scope of practice. Another one would be trainers that are endorsed by certain products are probably going to push that product because it pays their bills, not necessarily because they 100% believe in it, but it pays the bills, even if that's clothing and crap. Um, and another one is pushing a program that's not theirs. I was actually scouted by a trainer once who was like, pretty jacked fitness model who's like oh i'll build the program or like sorry i'll i'll promote everything and i'll be the 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 face and you can do all the programming behind the scenes how's that sound and i was like that mm, sounds like trash to me there's another side of that one well keep going i want to hear the rest that side of it is essentially like i i couldn't i couldn't get behind that because i'm like you're on steroids and super jacked you do look great but my program is not going to produce that like my program, any program I build will not produce you unless it's coupled with steroids. Curtis, <laughs> here's your program. Here's your steroids. Some online coaches do that. 100%, yes. But i that's not what I wanted to do. So we haven't talked about the actual people selling. When you're being sold to by somebody that says you can look like me or they're insinuating that, most of the time what they are is models and that's not what they do to look like they look and it's not talking about the hidden curriculum. But the other thing is, you know, there's a few people that I've seen online that I'm really lean. I'm, I'm a small girl. My wife is a small girl. She doesn't exercise. If she went and started making exercise videos saying, come look like me, I'd be like, well, Sarah, you just started exercise, right? She could. And she could do that. She looks great. She's tiny. Yeah. Like, like she looks like she's in shape. I don't. Um, I'm sorry, Sarah, if I throw you under the bus. I've never really seen Sarah in like anything that would be revealing to her physique but i'm assuming if she worked out for three months and threw on some gym shark clothes and wanted to hit some camera angles for instagram she'd probably do it she throw on some gym shark clothes today she, so that's what she, i mean but she has always been that size and we deal with this whole thing of like oh skinny bitches like when people say that it drives me nuts because mm-hmm. you don't want to say anything about somebody that's overweight but you can turn around and say something like that yeah. And you'll see people posting on the magazine cover, oh, she must starve herself, all this. Sarah does not starve herself. Yeah. She is naturally like that. Like she eats McDonald's when she feels like it. She she has very healthy eating habits, doesn't exercise a whole lot, and she is a 11 out of 10. I'm biased, of course. But. So what you're saying is if you're going to use went, her <laughs> as a model for your programs. No. For her wearing Gymshark clothes. Well, and the other thing is that a lot of these people, it's like, well, I'm going to do contest prep with you. I, I've done figure shows in the past. They don't advertise, well, I took Anivar. I've, do, I've talked to a few figure girls that they're like, well, I take a little Anivar, but like nothing big. I'm like, well, but you're selling to people that you did that with diet and exercise. And that's that's an extra piece. Yeah. That's all. And I'm not, I'm not hating on anybody, but I am saying any steroid or or adjustment like that if you're not sharing that that was part of the process to say it doesn't have an impact would mean that you don't need it and you don't take it but you do take it so you know that that to me is a real red flag when we talk about programming and trainers if they're trying to sell you look like me um that that's probably a bad idea what do you say when somebody wants to look like you if somebody's like man i want to look exactly like you how long is it going to take what do i got to do 
I'd ask them how good they are at gene splicing. That's what you did? Because <laughs> they look like them for a reason. They don't have my genes. They don't have my background. So when somebody says, I want to look more like you, I'm like, okay, listen, you need to understand that I've been exercising consistently for 22 years. Yeah. And I very rarely take any days off. Like uh, if I'm, let's say I'm not exercising because I'm in Mexico for the week, I'll likely go and do something active. That's who I've been. I can't speak towards their habits, their genetics, anything like that. So when they say, I want to look like you, I'm like, how about we focus on you and optimizing where you're at? Yeah. That's one of the hardest conversations I've had with people. I've had people come up to me in the gym and be like, Eric, you have the perfect body, which I definitely don't. But they'd be like, oh, how do I look like? How long is it going to take for me to get from here to you? And I'm like, well, like I've been, I say I've been like working out for at least 10 years, but prior to that, I was doing martial arts and things like that. And my diet has been up and down and my training has been up and down. But for the most part, there's still a level of consistency. Even if I don't feel good, I'm still probably doing a little bit more than your average person. And it's a really hard sell to be like, oh, do you want to look like me? Mm, maybe two years easy integrity is is a very big challenge when it comes to marketing things because even if you have a program that has really good stuff behind it it there is a really big push to make the outrageous promise when it comes to marketing what is your outrageous promise like coming up with your statement you can see it all over online because people are being educated how to do sales and it'll say here's how to lose a dress size in three weeks or five weeks or eight weeks or whatever it is without living your life in the gym. It's like, man, that's a big promise. Like, how are you going to go about delivering that? Yeah. Right. And I'm not saying you can't do that, but I am saying you got to be really careful if the promises get too crazy. So it's like lose 60 pounds. If you said that to me, how would I lose 60 pounds? Like you can't just say that to everybody, right? Yeah. So those are things that you want to watch out for. There was a company that actually got put on blast on YouTube recently called V-Shred. Oh, yeah. I know V-Shred. I know V-Shred too because I was getting a lot of advertisements from them and they were all clickbaity advertisements. But they essentially was a couple guys who one, maybe one of them had a training background, hired a fitness model to advert their program. And he was not only did he look good, but his face was pretty too. And he was relatively personal with the camera. But he was basically, he would make these videos of like, oh yeah, you want to get six pack abs? Like, what do you think I'm eating for dinner tonight? And then he would like grab a salad and be like, not this rabbit food. And he would toss it over his shoulder and then he'd grab a pizza instead. And it's like, yeah, that's what you look like. You look that shredded and jacked and you're eating pizza tonight and you're going to eat pizza every day. Like I have pizza, but when you make an advertisement like that, it's making it seem like you can do whatever you want and look like him. And they got put on blast for just essentially being a big marketing scheme. And they also marketed... They did the whole the whole shebang. They did programming, um, nutrition and supplements and apparel and everything like that all around this one guy. And then it, people found out it actually wasn't him and he was just, just a model essentially and not even a trainer or a coach or anything. Yeah, and that that's a huge red flag. When we talk about having a coach, I think one of the big areas that we diverge from the average um, fitness enthusiast or professional is that we're not looking at, well, just go and find a coach. We're actually saying be discerning. Figure out what you want, press them on what they're going to give you, and make sure you're getting value out of this. And that's why that is a huge red flag when it comes to programming. Is it actually their program? Can you ask them questions on where it came from? Mm -hmm. Like that. That's the reason why getting online, I really haven't said too much in the early goings because I really have a fear of over-promising or misrepresenting and also screwing up your TikTok dances. We definitely don't want that. We need to be on point. When you get me to do a TikTok dance, it's going to be a funny day. It's it's going to be a funny day. How so, about you, you got it. You got I was it. just going to keep running. Yeah, do it. I was going to say we have supplements and marketing left over and marketing was in every single category like you discussed, but supplements fat burning, muscle gaining, stress reducing, energy inducing. There's a lot of things that can actually do some of that for you. It's good. Mm -hmm. But like when I <laughs> when I buy supplements myself, so I'm on a, a multi B vitamin that's activated. It's actually really important. It's a good uh, level supplement that I get from my brother. That stands and, for multi biceps. Yeah, multi biceps vitamins. <laughs> but this B vitamin, the reason I take it is because B vitamins are really important with um, with what I'm dealing with. So 
But I look at what it's marketed at when I go to the store and it's like, ooh, this one helps immunity. This one does this. And I'm like, it's different. Like, they're just choosing one thing that it does. Things that go into your body are so multifactorial. Yeah. For instance, like, oh, helps with sleep. It's like, well, so magnesium can help with sleep. That's true. When you look into the research on magnesium helping with sleep, magnesium citrate mainly helps with digestion. Mm-hmm. But if you got magnesium three and eight, that is well researched to help with sleep. So there are things that will definitely help. But again, you need to bridle that with what can I actually expect? And we're looking for little movements, little movements. And that is going to come from guess what? Here it is consistency it's not going to be like oh i took it the first night and boom out oh vitamins are like that (laughs) just i i say vitamins are like that because that's something i struggle with like and i'm a fitness professional but i'll do vitamins for you know three weeks and i'll be real good with it and then i'll just drop it completely yeah well and in the supplements world the thing that i really struggle with as far as red flags is when it's like the only one that you need that's the first thing that i would say is the biggest red flag this is the only one you need my red flag for supplements is utilizing it as um, a substitute or a pure band-aid being like oh I'm going to get this energy booster to give me energy make me feel better and it's like well did you sleep 8 hours did you eat good food did you eat shit and you stayed up playing video games all night like that's probably why you are tired and buying a $60 supplement powder that you're going to mix in your beverage in the morning paired with your coffee like, can you explain for the lovely people what caffeine actually does to your body? Because does it give you energy, Curtis? Short, That's what caffeine does. You just take caffeine and it just gives you extra energy, right? Short term, it will upregulate. It will, for sure. Um, Long term, a lot of people will say that it's counterproductive because you do have a crash from, from that. Your heart rate will, will go up. It, it's actually... Um, vasoconstrictor so it presses your blood through faster Mm -hmm. Um, so one of the things that you got to watch for when we start doing supplementation is i don't know if this is unfair but if you were to assume you were the problem first i think people get a lot further like for instance i have somebody say well you know i didn't lose as much weight as i wanted this week it's like cool so from a scale of one to ten one being didn't really do any of the program that i was supposed to ten being i nailed it where are you at as far as adherence? Mm-hmm. If it's anything below an eight and a half, you can expect that percentage of your results. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. And you can just look at yourself like, okay, did I do everything I could? Did, did I protect my sleep this week? No, I didn't. Okay. Did I eat well this week? Did I, did I take care of my stress well? Did I manage my stress well? As we stack these things up, it's going to be harder and harder. But the real game in, in supplementation is that is supplemental. It's after everything else is in order. Yeah. I would very much advocate for the idea that if you straightened out your behaviors as it relates to sleep and cut out caffeine completely, you would probably wake up feeling better. Mm-hmm. And for me, I do cut out caffeine every now and then. I'll cut it out for a few days and see if I'm actually reliant on it. And if I am, I stop it for a while. Yeah, I don't know the exact science behind it, but what I was hoping you would talk about was, to my understanding, like caffeine actually, like you have like certain signals in your brain that are telling you like, Curtis, you're 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 tired, man, you're tired. And caffeine is essentially a blocker to that. It basically shuts the wall on that and says, now shut up, he's not tired right now. Keep going, Curtis, go get somebody. And then once it kind of uh, dissipates, then that wall starts to open up and that's, it's essentially like a double crash. Is that somewhat accurate information? Oh, you'd have to get into it to be super accurate. But the the idea of what caffeine does is it just upregulates the metabolism more than anything. That's a TikTok video, what I just how I explained it there. That's your ten seconds on caffeine and then people will spread it and then mm-hmm. it'll spread like and wildfire. And you're yeah. like caffeine start touching the blocks this signal, turns this signal on, go get some. <laughs> and then everyone would spread it and it would spread like wildfire. Yeah. Yeah, upregulating your metabolism first thing in the morning. This is, it's really similar to like high intensity interval training for me. High intensity interval training is good because it gives you more HGH. Red flag, because anything that says it's going to do a hormone a particular direction cannot be true forever. Yeah. 
if you consistently increase the amount of HGH you had, it, you would actually probably run into problems. But after the first few times, it starts down-regulating because your body's like, oh, slow down. Like, I need to maintain some sort of homeostasis here, and I can only do so much in that direction. So when we talk about caffeine and supplements, the big thing is when we have this huge promise, and this comes back to the marketing thing. If you're being over-promised, you need to recognize it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're going to lose X amount of pounds in this time. It's like, well, you don't know me. We haven't talked. And if you have somebody that you're talking to that's a coach and they're like, listen, I can do 40 pounds off of you. If your body fat is over this and your body weight is this, fine. That's bridled by some data. They're actually talking to you. But that's where I find a real problem with exercise programs. Fix your hips. What are you talking about? Fix my hips. Have you ever met my hip? Mm-hmm. Like, And there's some stuff you can do that is generally good for hips, but some actions that you can take that would be good can be bad um, for a particular person yeah like people love overstretching the hip flexor all day all day long yeah and i i would be very interested to see what their actual strength at their hip flexor was at probably garbage well and most people say well i need to stretch more it's like do you do you need to stretch more has that been working for you yeah because stretching, I'm not against stretching. I do lots of stretching. My mobility class is every Monday and Thursday. I do it on Zoom and live. Mm-hmm. But I call it joint level strength because any time that we're establishing more range of motion, we're going to come back in and make sure that we have better control, better strength in that zone. Mm-hmm. And again, it comes back to this very similar topic of if there's a hard stop answer, it's probably not that accurate. Yeah. Well, you want to dig into more of these? Yeah, we got some left. I think just marketing. We talked about marketing playing on people's emotions, marketing being unrealistic. And I wrote specifically 10 to 15 seconds being 10 to 15 seconds of like people like actually grabbing attention, consuming information, and also sharing that information. Like TikTok is a big thing now, and it's a big thing for a reason because it's entertaining for people. And you can try to pair that entertainment with a little bit of information, but with that, you're going to get a lot of lot of gaps i think in the information but they just spit it out and share it and it just tracks millions of views and how about therapists we didn't talk about therapists either yeah that that's a your baby one that's why it's blank see well i didn't know that was mine it's it's your writing i'm calling it yours (laughs) so (laughs) therapists i have a real issue dealing with people that are going to say things to me that just don't make sense I, so when you said therapist, you're talking about like athletic therapists, chiros, physios, massage. massage. Okay, so everyone in that in that scope yeah, who's like looking to help. When they say something to me that doesn't make any sense, I have a really hard time with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, your shoulder hurts. Well, you need to strengthen your rotator cuff with this elastic band. It's like, okay, you just said something that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to work on strength by doing three sets of 15. Mm-hmm. That is not working on strength. Or, for example... You just had a massage, so you're going to need to drink lots of water based on the toxins that came out of your muscle. Yeah. Oh, my. If I have toxins coming out of my muscles, my kidneys are failing. Do I need to go to the hospital? Mm-hmm. Like some of these things, they're just not accurate. They're, they're saying these things. Oh, you just need to stretch that more. No, you don't just need to stretch that more. It's not that easy. What do you think is the cause of that problem, though? Oh, I don't know. The easy thing to say would be education. But I think though I, I think they're trying to tailor it towards gen pop so that they actually understand it though because when I speak to people about health and fitness in these categories like this if you don't speak it in terms that they kind of like half comprehend then they'll disagree with you so maybe like well I'm going to speak for some physios and chiros and massage that I really respect and when they say something like that sometimes I think they're just trying to dial it down so that people can digest the information and like buy into it a little bit more And whether that's right or wrong is one thing, but I think that's a little piece of what's going on. Listen, if it fixes the problem and they're getting the client to adhere, I'm not going to say that it's wrong. But when you come away from a particular therapist and how about this? You have a massage therapist that's diagnosing what the actual issue is. That's not appropriate. Hmm. That's not within their scope of practice. That is a huge red flag. Yeah. Or when you get just well you just need to stretch and it's fixed that's not dumbing it down for a client that's lying to them i'll see you next week i'm going to treat you again but all you need to do is stretch and you're fixed 
Not true. So my real issue here is when they're being misrepresented, not dumbed down for them, but misrepresented. Oh yeah, I just need to stretch my hip flexors and then it'll be better. No, no, it won't. It's, it's a bigger issue than just that. Just stretching a hip flexor is not going to fix that dysfunction. Yeah. And you could ask the, every single person that I've ever talked to that says, I just need to stretch my hip flexors more. I say, how long you've been doing it? And I get answers that are like 10 years plus. I'm like, do you still have the problem? They're like, yeah. Well, and they'll blame themselves. Well, I haven't stretched enough. It's like, okay, what's the cutoff then? So when it comes to therapists, that's a, that's a serious thing for me. And that's not just therapists. That's also trainers and all sorts of, of roles. But what's the real issue there? I think the real issue ends up coming back to education because I don't think there are bad people doing that. Yeah. Even the people that are diagnosing when they shouldn't, they're likely trying to help. So I'm not going to be negative on that. But I am saying take that as a red flag. Take it what it is. Mm-hmm. Go and find somebody that's actually allowed to diagnose and see if they agree. Maybe that, you know? Yeah. Marketing. Do you have anything else to say about marketing? We touched on it with every other topic. <laughs> like, That's true. So I don't think so. I think that one's beating a dead horse. The last one that I wrote was aesthetics over function and health being a red flag. And that's kind of just a big one for me, just in the fact of I feel, let me speak for everyone. I'm Again, good at that. Yeah, do it. Yeah. I'm good. No, I feel that a lot of people are more concerned with their aesthetics when they get into their health and fitness journey. And it's an aesthetic chase. And I feel like some trainers will capitalize on that and they'll actually screw some people up chasing aesthetics, like working the body in an imbalanced way. Like, oh, you want big pecs, Curtis? You want big pecs and big biceps? Big pack. So we're going to do chest three times a week. And they're just slamming chest and they're not like, there's, there's no real balance to the program and not creating like good function within the program. And guys like all of a sudden develop a shoulder injury or things like this. And they're like, oh yeah, I blew my shoulder. And it's like, well, I wonder why. I think any program that isn't focused on function first is a serious issue. And I'm not talking about like functional training, like, oh, I do snatches or whatever people consider functional these days. Even like activities of daily living. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking joint level function. If they're not checking on what can you do with your shoulder before we train your shoulder, that's a serious issue. Mm-hmm. And building capacity, the ability to lift more or do more reps before you build the actual function of the joint, can you internally rotate? Can you externally rotate? Can you flex and extend your shoulder? If you haven't checked on that and we're working on do more reps, do more weight, it's a house of cards. It eventually has to come down because you can only perform on what that joint is willing to do. Well, I like it when it's like, oh yeah, I, I can't really hit a good squat until there's 100 pounds on my back and it kind of just sticks me, like it just pushes me into position better. Yeah. Well, and there's three types of range of motion, right? You've got your active and your passive, which everybody agrees on. But you also have this third type, which is loaded range of motion. And it can either increase or decrease what you have. For instance, if you're doing like a, let's say a controlled articular rotation, a circle with your shoulder, let's call it a shoulder circle. If you do that with just an empty hand versus adding five or 10 pounds, your range changes. That's the difference in a loaded range, mm-hmm. right? Whereas when we get into the squat, this is especially concerning because you'll have the weight assist you with how deep you can go. Mm-hmm. It'll push you outside of your active ranges. So really full range of motion is full range of motion for that muscle and that movement pattern. Mm-hmm. not for that exercise because your expression of that exercise will likely be different than the next person. So what it comes down to a lot of the time for me is that you have to treat people as a number of one. You have to treat them as though they're an individual, that they're a custom system because even though we're all human beings, it's just a matter of the idea that are you recovering the same? Are you sleeping the same? Even if you had the same genetics, you can really change things with all the factors involved. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have to say about that. Aesthetics versus function. Yeah, that one that one I, I consider really, really basic. But to your point, the average person is more interested with how they look than how they actually feel. Well, I asked a question once to a couple people when my back was blown. Because I was like when my back was actually blown was when I was probably at my most shredded, especially upper body heavy, because I started neglecting my legs. I'm like, well, I'm just going to... I had developed this attitude before I met you that I'm like, I'm just going to do what I can do comfortably. And that happened to be a lot of chest and back and biceps and arms and shoulders. So like up, 
upstairs, I was getting pretty jacked, but I was wearing sweatpants everywhere because I didn't want to wear shorts because my legs were starting to disintegrate. If you go to the bottom of my Instagram, there's a picture of me flexing where I'm super shredded. But if you look at my legs, there's like zero muscle definition to them. And that was probably at the peak of the injury when just before we met and uh, you worked on that. But with that, people are like, oh, man, I wish I looked like you. Oh, man, you're so jacked. Oh, you're so shredded. Oh, man, I wish I looked like you. And I'm like, yeah, but my back is blown out. Like, I can't do all the stuff that you're doing. Like, would you trade me for this? Like, if you could have my body and my back, would you do it? And some guys were like, yeah, I would take that injury to look like you. I'm like, yeah, that that's part and parcel with a, a real issue going on, which is like, did you know that Pinterest took off all ads for weight loss as if it's a negative thing? No, but you did mention it. Yeah, so that being the case, it's like, well, I actually can understand the thought process that would take them behind there, but to completely write off the idea that losing body fat can be a good thing is crazy. Can it be miscarried? Yes. Should we guard against that? Yes. But on the other end of that, it's like, well, I don't want people to feel too poorly. And then on the other end of it, it's like, well, people would totally give up. They, Oh, I'd take that back pain to look that way. I think that something that needs to come along is as a big red flag, let's talk about self-image. Mm-hmm. When you look at yourself, I actually don't want to hear my clients say, I want to look like you or The Rock or anybody else. I want them to say, I want to be the best version of me. Yeah. And that might not be weight loss for them. That might be that they feel strong and that they feel confident. And I'm fine with that. I think a big red flag that we haven't talked about is actually saying to somebody, you need to lose weight. I would actually say, you know what? You should get on top of your health. I don't care what your weight is, but let's get on top of your health. Mm -hmm. I want you to feel better. And I've had multiple clients in the last little while say, you know what? I really appreciate that you've never pressed me to to lose weight or to do anything that you want that you're in it for me. And that to me is a huge compliment. I love hearing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's some of the equipment that I was noticing. I guess the Pinterest thing, you can kind of understand their business sense in regards to Pinterest wants to keep you on their site for as long as possible. It's just this endless rabbit hole of, of stuff to look at, if you will. And if they're advertising things, they're going to make you feel a little bit bad. And you're going to start getting this like negative connection to Pinterest being like, well, every time I'm on Pinterest, I get advertisements for stuff that I don't want to be reminded of. Like, I don't want to look at this stuff when I'm trying to enjoy myself on their application. So they're going to remove it. I could see that that's why they would remove something like that. And then that kind of boils down to just a a con in the industry and the internet itself, that there's so much information out there that there's like, it's hard to filter the good and the bad. So we're just going to get rid of all of it because we can't filter it. And that's kind of the equipment that I stated that I don't think we actually got into, but I recently saw my Facebook is being bombarded with fitness BS and just terrible products because I keep clicking on them. So they're like, man, this guy enjoys his stupid fitness products. We're going to pump more to him and more advertisements to him because I was thinking about this episode and every time someone pop up, I'd click on it and kind of get more information and look at it. One of them was, again, for women, they have pants that you can load up that have extra junk in the trunk or extra padding back there to make your butt look bigger but it's essentially a lie and the same thing that I was advertised for men was they had like underwear that you can pull up super high waisted like very high up to your chest and it'll like it's essentially a male corset where it just like <laughs> it can like it just straps your stomach together to make you look and feel a little bit better in your clothes I and thought then, you were going to say it's going to build up the lump <laughs> no but like if they, they were marketing that you pair that with a compression shirt Like right. buy this compression underwear, buy this compression shirt, you'll get double compression and it'll lock you in. And then they had a bunch of guys who were a little bit overweight wearing a dress shirt and looking overweight and large. And then they slap in all this compression clothes and then they're like, got this big smile on, like it fixed all their problems and they feel so great now, which to me is a little bit of a lie. Yeah. You got to recognize with marketing that what they're trying to do is get an emotional response out of you. They're not hoping for that emotional response. They're hoping, they're hoping for, you know what, this is quick, this is easy. And really a lot of it ends up being offloading personal responsibility. And when you click the comments on that, this is where it gets more entertaining because you'll get some people who are like cracking jokes about the products. And you have some people that are genuinely curious or tagging their friends like, yo, you need this. Yo, you like, honestly, that's, that's, 
I'm going to tag you if I ever see it. <laughs> Curtis, you need this. Eric, you need this. This compression Get some underwear. some more junk in your trunk. I do have small glutes, okay? <laughs> and I don't want to talk about it. But yeah, like the comments, it, it's half of a com- like a comedic fest and half of it is like people seriously taking the product into consideration. Same thing with like the mouth bobbly thing. People are like, oh yeah, we should buy these. Like, and, mm. Yeah, I have a hard time with that stuff. At the end of the day, when we talk about building a more discerning fitness consumer, this this whole conversation is really getting to the point where we can recognize stuff when it's when it's going on and not really engage with it. Because every time I hear somebody talk negatively about an influencer, I try not to do that. My big thing is, you know what? I don't purchase from the influencer. That's not what I do. Um, if you're following and purchase from that person and you're willing to complain about them, well, you're the reason that they're doing what they're doing because it's working. So in a lot of ways, customizing what you run into is a matter of getting to the right places, taking the right path. And then the right path to me is if you don't want to see what that person is doing, stop following them. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's not negative towards anyone. So this was essentially our giant episode on red flags. I feel emotionally drained and upset. All of these red flags. Wow, it came back. (laughs) Are you Australian? That was boomerang. Yeah, I don't like talking about those red flags, man. It just kind of feels like a negative, like there's gray area with them where some of them make sense. But uh... so let's just take that episode and we're going to take each piece that we talked about. And we can talk about that red flag. Okay, we discussed this red flag. Let's talk about some research behind it. Let's talk about the right things to do and and a good way to frame it. So when you do see this, here's how we can respond. Yeah. Put that. And put a positive spin on it. That make you feel better. I'm upset. Drink some water. Chill out. If you've made it this far, thanks for joining us. Uh, We really enjoy kind of having this... I guess it's a monologue, dialogue. We're kind of discussing things with our audience. Uh, This dialogue of going back and forth and kind of getting to some of these issues is a really big deal. If you like what you're seeing, please uh, give us a like, drop us a um, subscribe, and uh, if we can get some, um, what are those called? Reviews? The reviews, yeah. Siskel and Ebert. I was just stuck on the names. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for watching. If you have any suggested episodes, we'd love to hear it. Beauty, you have a good day, Eric. You too, buddy.